Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sneaky Sports Podcast Season 3, episode number 68 on this Friday, September 10th, 2021. Frank and Nick, how are you guys doing today? I'm excited for the NFL season, man. Seven hours of commercial free football. I just yes, want to sir, hear that. Man. One, one time. Yeah, and no, I'm, I'm pumped for Sunday. Um, well, speaking of Sunday, we got our NFL Week 1 game picks coming out. Obviously, we don't have the Bucks and Cowboys game because that happened last night. But we also got some other topics in the NFL world, like the Ravens signing Le'Veon Bell to their practice squad, but he is expected to be moved up to the 53-man roster. We also got TJ Watt's little holding in Pittsburgh, some drama over there, and we'll react to the NFL's least liked teams because um, they did a study, the Action Network, about the least liked teams in the NFL in 2021. So we'll, look at, we'll take a look at that. And without further ado, let's dive on in. And we begin today's episode with the first game of the week, or at least the one we have first, because obviously there's a lot of games on at one o'clock um, this weekend. But we'll look at the Eagles and the Falcons. Obviously, Philly is traveling to Atlanta. Falcons are three-point favorites in this one, fellas. So, you know, for me, I'm taking the Eagles a little bit up, a little bit of an upset pick here. Um, I really like what the Eagles did in the secondary this offseason, especially adding Anthony Harris. And I think a lot of the moves they made defensively have been underrated. And you look at, you know, the offensive line and defensive line, the trenches of the Eagles, if healthy, those are two top 10 units, or they're both top 10 because last year, despite all the injuries for Philadelphia on the offensive line, they were 15th ranked and defensively defensive line was ranked in the top 10 with, you know, all their injuries too. So they have a top 10 offensive line and defensive line made some moves in the secondary, which they struggle with in the past. And Jalen Hurts, I'm pretty high on him. I mean, I know a lot of people aren't, but I'm one of the guys who's more high on Jalen Hurts. And I think, honestly, the Eagles could shock some people and win like seven or eight games this season. Maybe the NFC East because it's so bad. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I like the Eagles now, especially in the beginning part of the season, because like you said, their trenches are healthy right now. So, um, and, you know, Atlanta's defense is a washboard. They still have nothing figured out there on defense. Jalen Hurts is going to, have a field day and it's going to be good for his confidence coming out of week one coming out hot I think so I'm taking Philly as well and like you said re reiterate the point the offensive line is the most important thing in football especially on offense everything rolls how the offensive line rolls I know they have a lot of great guys that are old and have had some injury problems but they're healthy right now it's week one so I like them I like Jalen Hurts to have a huge day I could see him throw for almost 300 yards rush for a decent amount and see a couple of touchdowns I think this is going to be a shootout but I'm going to take Philly I think you guys are vastly overrating the Eagles here. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL. And the Falcons, you know, they went 4-12 and 12 last year, but they were one of the greatest 4-12 and 12 teams in history. They're going to put up points. They got that explosive off. They don't have a defense, but neither do the Eagles. I mean, like, to look at the Eagles' secondary, they don't have really anybody. Darius Slay hasn't been great for them. Um, and I think the Falcons are going to put up a lot of points. There's no reason to think they won't be as explosive as they were last year or years past. They got Pitts now. They got Ridley. They're going to, they're, you know, they're going to score a lot of points. They're at home. They play a lot better at home. There's no reason to think they won't win this game. I mean, they lost Julio Jones, and he played nine games, so don't say he didn't yeah, play but, last year. Yeah, but they lost Julio Jones, but you still have Calvin Ridley, and now you're getting Kyle Pitts into the mix. Like, they'll be fine offensively. The Falcons are going to lose games based on their defense, but I don't think the Eagles are going to be the team and their to make defense them pay for got, a bad defense. And their defense is bad, and it got worse. And I mean, well, they I, were I, I a 12 team last year. I mean, it, I mean, same with the Eagles. I, I think they were agree. literally like 5'11". But – but, At least the Eagles um, are getting healthier. Like the Falcons had a, a pretty healthy roster last year. Philly's getting healthier on the trenches, which I, I like that, you know, heading to this matchup. Yeah, exactly. just, I have it's, no faith in Jalen Hurts. We haven't seen anything from him to, you know. Well, come on, we've seen some stuff. Well, the four, game, the four, games, the four game sample size was overrated. It, it was, but he has shown some ability to be a good quarterback. Was he not beating the Washington football team at the first half, and then they took him out because the Giants? Yeah, but the Washington football the team was also apparently. atrocious. Like they weren't good last year. He was he was completing like forty percent of his passes. It, it was. But he was running the ball. He was showing off a running ability, and you know, we all know that doesn't last forever. Though that doesn't last. But Graf, with that supporting cast, like the fact that he was able to even have them have the supporting a cast time is so horrible. <laughs> that doesn't nothing's changed they got they got healthier the offensive line was hurt last year they had a lot of starters out in and out of the lineup so i think philly's i think they're solid look i, I don't think they'll win the nfc east but i think they you know they'll make some noise I, i'll say that we'll see i mean i certainly think they'll still be at the bottom but let's move on now to i mean one of the main contenders in the afc and uh, a team that was 
probably the most overrated regular season team of all time last year. The uh, Pittsburgh Steelers traveled to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Um, to me, I think Buffalo, I don't know about winning this one easily, but I, I could see like a 10, you know, to 14 point win uh, for the Bills. I think they're going to come That's out high. hot um, on offense. And, you know, I just think they're going to pick up where they kind of left off last year. And we talked about this a little bit before how their defense wasn't good last year. And, you know, they're missing some guys like Matt Milano for a little bit of the time. And they added Gregory Rousseau now, the pass rusher. So I think Buffalo's defense takes a little bit of a step up. And uh, I think that offense will pick up right where they left off. And I could see Josh Allen in the MVP conversation. I think they're going to start the year hot. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talked about this before. I think Buffalo had one of the best off seasons. And I think Pittsburgh had one of the worst off seasons. I, I expect Pittsburgh to regress tremendously. Their offensive line isn't good. I expect Big Ben to regress. So yeah, this, this seems like a shoe in to me with the Bills. Um, Josh Allen's going to have a great game. The Pittsburgh defense doesn't scare me like it used to. And, you know, the Bills being at home, they love feeding off that home crowd. Um, so I think they win this game. Yeah, I definitely had the Buffalo Bills winning this one too. But Frank said 10, 14 points. I, I totally disagree. I think this is a one-score game. I think the Steel or the Bills win by like seven or so. And the Steelers, you know, they still have a top five defense. Whether you like it or not, it's still in that top, I would argue number five, exactly on the, on the nose. And, you know, Big Ben was in the worst situation possible last season. And I know a lot of people on TikTok, you know, like to say he's not top 20. I, I find that ridiculous. And I get it. The situations are comparable this year, but at least he has Najee Harris. And the receivers are, you know, developing. Like Chase Claypool was a rookie last year. You have a lot of young receivers who you hope can get better. And having a new offensive line with a lot of new faces, it can't, it can't get worse. I mean, look, they were 31st last year it probably is going to be like 30th or 31st again, but it can't get worse. So, you know, you have to hope with the new offensive uh, line coach that they could be better, a little bit better, and that the Steelers, um, you know, could put up a fight in this one. I just, I just think that we talk about this all the time, at least me. Uh, I think the recipe for a disaster in the National Football League is a bad offensive line. Right, you talk about this all, all right, it's not, he's not a bad quarterback, though. He is a bad Big quarterback. Big Ben is not a bad quarterback. He's a below-average quarterback at this point. How he is he a below-average the end of last year. Did you he, see he was, what he, like... Is he, not, is he not worse than Matt Ryan? Like, Matt Ryan and him are comparable in my opinion. No, Matt, Matt Ryan is better so much better than him. Matt Ryan's oh. way better than Big Ben. Oh, my Big God. Ben couldn't throw the ball down the field because the offensive line was terrible last year. And he was ben coming also, off an injury. He was coming off an injury. I think this and, year he'll be much better. I don't think I don't think he'd be getting better, and I think he's only. Yeah, why get, is he getting better? He's forty he's years get, old because he's recovering off the injury last year. He was still, you know, working through it. It was an arm injury. He's forty he years old. Like he's just like I don't I don't really think he has room for improvement anymore. I think he'll be more healthy. Like Brady's forty five. He has no knee brace this year, and he's yeah, going to be locked and loaded. Ben Roethlisberger shouldn't even be in the same zip code. I as Tom I Brady. agree, but Big Ben threw for thirty three touchdowns, ten. Like he was efficient. Whether he couldn't throw the ball down the field, like Drew Brees couldn't throw the ball down the field for all these years in New Orleans when they made NFC the Championship appearances. I'm talking about twenty eighteen when they made the NFC title game. He had a fantastic season, top ten to all accounts, but he was last in yards per attempt. It doesn't matter if you can't throw the ball down the field. The offense is catered to that, and it's it's fine. Big Ben is disrespected. He's an average quarterback. He's in the Jimmy G, Matt Ryan tier. But that offensive line is miserable, and the receivers can't even hold on to the football. Yeah, the receivers, really no they can't, but they're going to get better this year. They're developing. But Chase Claypool was a rookie what? last season. But based, no they're young. They're young. Better offense. And Deontay Johnson, they're young players. Of course, and the offensive line has no continuity. To be and I liked what they did with the offensive coordinator, but this Pittsburgh team, hundred percent, got worse to me. And I just don't see like I. They're like, oh, I know the offensive line can't get worse, but they could be thirty second in the NFL, and they could be in a situation like the Giants, where you can't even you can't even hold the ball in the pocket for two seconds. But the thing mm -hmm. is, their offense is pretty much a, a dink and dunk offense. It's set up where Big Ben doesn't have to hold the ball yeah, for we, long. We saw what happened towards the end of last year; they fell apart. Teams figured them out after their eleven and zero start. They were they finished what one in five? Like this. Is okay, so who's to say they can't go on a hot start this year again? Who's to say they won't just continue where they left off last year? Like they didn't do anything to improve this offseason. There's no reason they got worse. Yeah, they got they worse, but they were 11. They were an 11 win football team with 16 games last year. So I could definitely see them going nine I mean, and eight still. They did have like the, one of the easiest schedules in football and they came out to that hot start. Yeah. I mean, well, but, now they're playing Buffalo now. Yeah. Schedules in football are overrated because every like the hardest schedule and the easiest schedule, the differences between them are not that much. It's really not that much. It's like 6% win percentage difference in the hardest of the easiest schedule. 
it's I don't really think not that's that true. I think it's around like twenty percent. I mean, you no, have some teams they who play playing, the same division. If, if you have like a team divisions. playing, it's whatever. If you're playing the AFC West versus the AFC South, like you would be feasting on the AFC South. That's like potentially four easy wins versus the, the AFC. The Raiders West. are an easy win nowadays. With the, I mean, with yeah, but then you're playing the Chiefs, then you're playing the Chargers, the Broncos, like and the Broncos like, have Teddy Two Gloves at quarterback. I don't know how much of a hard. I think game. the Broncos might be just as good as the Steelers this year. To be honest with you, if you want to. Oh no, I I agree. I think the Broncos defense could be like top three in the NFL this year. They're like my dark horse defense pick this year, like to break out like the Niners did last or two years ago. I don't know. I just don't see the, I don't see the Steelers being able to keep up with the bills though. That's, that's my thing. I just don't, I don't see how they're going to keep up. Yeah. Okay. You know, I I got you. All right. Well, let's move on now. We got the Vikings at the Bengals. Um, Obviously the Vikings are looking to improve on defense this year. They made some moves and with Mike Zimmer there, there's no reason to believe they won't be better. But, you know, I think the Bengals are the team that more people like to talk about this offseason. Obviously, there's been a lot of stuff with Jamar Chase. They drafted him over Sewell. And then he even came out, I think, yesterday and said that it's harder to catch NFL footballs. And that that led to a lot of, like, negative uh, publicity about that. So, you know, the Bengals, they they had a pretty loud offseason. They tried to improve their offensive line, the Jamar Chase selection. Um, I don't think they're going to be very good this year, though. I think the Vikings win this one pretty easily. They have an elite offense, and their defense should be better. Agreed. I think the Vikings win this game by 10 plus points. The Bengals are one of the more overrated teams in the NFL, as I like to call it. I think this team's a are they really overrated team. though? I, I, I think they're three wins. I, I don't think five or six is even close. I think they're more towards the Jaguars and the Jets, to be honest. I, I don't like this team. Their offensive line is still complete, completely terrible. And Jamar Chase, I mean, if you're going to draft him, at least you want him to produce somewhat his rookie season. But if he's already complaining about how the balls are too big and how he hasn't played football in two years, like real football, it's going to be an issue. I mean, it's going to be an issue off the bat. Yeah, I'm not even worried about Jamar Chase, really. I'm just worried about Burrow and his ability to be able to, like, stay alive behind that bad offensive line. And then this defense also, we didn't even talk about them yet. They don't get bad. stops. They don't. They just don't get stops. Um, and this Vikings offense is going gonna, is gonna to feast um, on them and – like you guys said, I, I think someone said 10-point Vikings win. I could even see 14 points. I think, you know, Jefferson and Thielen and then just the combination with Dalvin Cook and the running game and the play action, uh, this will be an easy cakewalk win for Minnesota. And I kind of just want to see how the defense looks now. Like Graf said, they added a lot of pieces. And if this defense can improve and possibly be top 10 or top 15, this is a real team to look out for in Minnesota. Oh, no Yeah, doubt. I agree. No I 100% see them as a playoff team this year. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't see them as a playoff team. The NFC West is loaded, guys. There's four playoff teams in the yeah, NFC but, West. I mean, week one will be a good uh, measuring stick of where they are. I mean, they, they really do have an elite offense. They have some of the best playmakers in the league. Agreed. I will say, if the Vikings can get, like, 11 wins, then they'll make it because the NFC West will have to beat up on each other. So mm-hmm. the, yeah. the last place team in the NFC West will have 10 wins at max. It's tough. So unless exactly. the, if the Vikings get to 11, they're going to make it. But, uh, yeah. Moving on to an NFC West team, the 49ers, actually my pick to win the NFC West this season. Um, they're at Detroit, which is just a cakewalk week one. You know, I get it. Dan Campbell biting off kneecaps week one. You know, Jared Goff saying we don't care about, you know, um, the haters and critics. We're going to, you know, go out here and play winning football. But, I mean, it's just not going to happen. The Lions are going to be a, a two-win team this year, sadly. But for the, for the 49ers, I like their chances um, in this game a lot. I mean, seven and a half spread. I think they could win by 10 plus, and, and this should be a breeze. Yeah, uh, this is my survivor pool pick. So it shows my confidence in the 49ers to come out and uh, win this game. And I think, you know what? If, you know, they had the, probably the most unlucky year out of any team last year in the NFL, I think they had at one point 35 players on the IR. So uh, health is a big thing, but, you know, they're healthy coming into week one, which is great. You know, Nick Bosa's back. Um, Jimmy G and I, you know, I think Jimmy G is going to play a little fire under his ass, uh, considering that, you know, Trey Lance is there and he's ready to come in at any time. So, um, I like the Niners to come out and just dominate in this game, uh, pound the ball on the ground, use play action. Playmakers are going to be there. Defense is going to be there. This will be a cakewalk for San Fran. Mm -hmm. The one thing I'm watching this game for is Jimmy G. I'm just really curious to see how he looks, how he plays. Can he play turnover free football? And honestly, if this game turns into a blowout, can we get some Trey Lance regular season action? That's all no I care way. about in this game. Uh, there's not really much to watch for with the Lions. Um, the Niners should win this game easily, so we'll see. Guys, we think Jared Goff can have a you know a bounce back season. Maybe you know prove he's a franchise quarterback or a starting quarterback rather, not a franchise. I think guy. he. I think I've talked about this before. I think their offensive line is so good they will surprise people with the fact that they won't be just utterly incompetent. I think they'll be 
okay at times, and I think that will surprise people. I don't think Goff will prove himself to be a franchise quarterback, though. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, and if the Lions, like you said, are a two-win team, Ben, uh, at the beginning, and they're at the bottom of the league, and you know, there's there's some guys this year in the draft, maybe uh, Jared Goff is not starting for them next year. So it's a big year, uh, kind of prove-it year for him as well. Mm-hmm. But let's move on now. Let's talk about one of the best matchups of the week, honestly. Pretty underrated. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals travel to Tennessee to take on the Titans. And I think this game is another game, uh, kind of like the Falcons and Eagles, where it's going to be a shootout. Uh, that Cardinals secondary isn't great. Neither is the Titans secondary. Uh, we got some good quarterbacks and some good weapons on both sides. But I am ultimately staying with the home team at the end of the day, and I'm picking the Titans. I think the combination, like we said, a dominant running back, Derrick Henry, and then the wide receivers now, Julio's healthy, A.J. Brown's completely healthy this year. I just can't wait to see that offense. I think it's going to be one of the best in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, this game is every fantasy football player is like just dream. There's good, like if you have Derek Henry or DeAndre Hopkins or Julio, AJ Brown, like there's just so many players. Chase this Edmonds. Is going to be, I think this is going to be like a 44 to 41 type game. I think it's going to be an absolute like shootout. I have the Titans winning as well. They're at home and I think they're just a better team. Um, I think they'll be able to control the clock a little bit more with Derek Henry, obviously. And, but it, it's just going to be a very entertaining game between Murray and then Tannehill. It's just, I just can't wait to watch this one. You know, uh, me too, but I will say, are we so confident in the Titans offense? Because I kind of am second guessing it a bit just because Derrick Henry, it's like how much longer can he go playing like dominant as he, as he has been the past like three years. I don't know. I think this might be his last year. And I, and I know it sounds really like a hot take at this point, but you see with Zeke and guys like that, like your window just doesn't last for very long as a running back. And he's no, already that, been good for three years. Zeke also fell off when Dak Prescott got hurt and the whole offensive line fell to shambles. Like, I think there's a lot that went into that. No, I uh, um, totally, totally agreed. So, and don't, don't get me wrong. I get it. Derrick Henry's production is not sustainable long-term, but I don't think this is going to be the year. I mean, they added Julio Jones. There's like, there's going to be so much attention on those two guys on the outside that like, you know, I think they'll, they'll have another year or two out of Derrick Henry before he starts to, you know, take a hit. I don't know, though. The defense is really bad. I, I think the Titans are being a bit overrated just because everyone expects them to win the AFC South with ease. And yeah, I do yeah, think they're they have the better an easy team. Schedule. And but the, the defense is horrible. Yeah, but it wasn't great last year. They still won like 11 games, I think. But you get four um, free wins against the Jags and the Texans. Yeah, so, you do. That's you know, it's a huge boost. They, they feast off an easy schedule. I don't see why they wouldn't win 11 games again. I mean, their offense is just, oh, my God. Like Derrick Henry and Julio it's all Jones, world. come on. Yeah, you That's can, you can, they can keep up with Kansas City and uh, Buffalo with that offense that they have there. Realistically, yeah, absolutely. Not Kansas City. Kansas City is in the in the tier of their own. I, I really do believe that. Well, we'll Offensively see. speaking. All right, next game is another good one. We got the Seahawks at the Colts. Um, these are two teams I don't really know how to feel about. I feel like both of these teams can be very hit or miss. Um, I have the Seahawks winning this game, but Carson Wentz is starting, I believe. So I think that's a big deal. I still think the Seahawks are better. Russell Wilson's going to be on his early season tear as usual. Exactly. I expect like four touchdowns from him. So we'll see. I, I expect another good game here, though. Yeah, like Graf said, I'm picking the Seahawks because Russell Wilson in weeks one through six, I mean, this guy's a machine. And I ha- I'm starting him in fantasy week one. So I'm looking forward to like a four touchdown performance like he did last year versus the Falcons when they played Atlanta. So I, I think Russell Wilson will cook, let Russ cook week one. Um, and the Colts... Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're a really hit or miss team this year. They could be a sneaky playoff team, but they also could be really bad, like a seven and 10 team. So um, week one, not too much expectations with Carson Wentz coming off the injury. Same with Quentin Nelson. Yeah, so I, I think they're too banged up right now to get the dub. Yeah, that kind of scares me a little bit. Like you said, uh, their, their quarterback and their best player on their team is coming off, you know, that same kind of injury. And kind of the work that they got in training camp and some of the missed time is the thing that scares me because especially with the Wentz, a new quarterback in there, you, you want him to get as many reps as possible, get as comfortable as possible with the offense. And they just really lack playmakers um, on the outside. And I, I get that they have a good offensive line, but it's kind of like almost the Lions on offense. You don't have a great quarterback. You have a great offensive line, but you have no playmakers. And you need guys to get separation and be able to change the game. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. They have a good defense, but they might surprise us. But for now, Taking Seattle, like you guys said, we all know how Russ starts the season. And uh, I kind of expect that offense to pick up where they left off, uh, hopefully at the start of last season and not the end because I was shaking my head. Yeah. So we'll see with these two teams. But they have a new OC now. They have a new offensive coordinator, yeah. which finally Brian Schottenheimer is gone. Yeah. 
And that guy was terrible. And that's the thing that's underrated. I think Russ, you know, hopefully they emphasize the passing game more. They I think they've to. been too run heavy the past couple of years with Chris Carson. And I get it. Every He's first solid. Down. Every first down. Every, run yeah, they, they're too predictable. They run the football too much times. Sometimes when I had Tyler Lockett on my fantasy team, I'm just like, let Russ cook. Let Russ cook because it's efficient. And they, and they pass the ball like better than any team in the league or like, with the best teams in the league. Yeah, you have two of the best receivers and you have a top five quarterback, maybe a top 10 player in the top NFL. Top three like, quarterback. There's no, there's no reason you're not passing the ball like literally almost every play. And, and I get it. You can't pass every play, but oh. And Carson can be used as a pass catcher too. He's a decent pass catcher as a running back. So, mm-hmm. and they added Gerald Everett now, added Eskridge, who's got some speed from the draft. So, I mean, this offense should just pick up, hopefully, like they were at the start of last season. And the offensive line isn't that bad. Like, I think a lot of people think it's terrible, but it actually ranked like around the middle of the pack last it's season. It's pretty solid. So, yeah. it's a solid, it's a solid unit. This offense is pretty good. But um, let's talk about the Chargers and the Washington football team. My personal favorite game of the week, I know Frank mentioned the Cardinals and Titans, but this right here is my favorite game of the week. Um, I got the Chargers in this one. I think Herbert, you know, really starts up his uh, MVP type campaign um, versus Chase Young and that Washington football team defense. I see them scoring like 30 points. I really am high on Herbert and the Chargers this year, and um, I think they get a dub right here. Yeah, Ben, we were talking about this yesterday. I feel like we as a group and Graf kind of as well, like we're a little bit higher on the Chargers than most uh, compared mm-hmm. to some other people. I've seen them finish, uh, have them finishing fourth in division. But you want to talk about a test for this new. Fourth? Behind the Raiders? Some, I've seen some yeah, people have the Chargers finish oh fourth. But uh, I think this Chargers offensive line, I mean, you want to talk about a test coming up against the Washington football team, one of the best defensive lines in football the first game. It's going to be huge for them. And, you know, Eckler's healthy now. Keenan Allen, this is the, this is a kind of a team where, they have a lot of superstars, and if these guys can stay healthy, they could be legit. Um, so coming into week one, they're healthy now. So I'm taking the Chargers, Chargers as well. And uh, like I said, I'm I'm a huge Herbert guy as well. So I expect them to have a great week one, hopefully. And it's a good, it's going to be a good challenge. And and Herbert can deal with pressure. He's one of the best quarterbacks in football last year with pressure. So hopefully the offensive line is better. What's and the Herbert best could be in for MVP type season. Mm-hmm. I think I'm a lone wolf on this one. I, as you alluded to before, the offensive line is going to have a big test, and that's kind of the reason why I'm taking Washington. I think their D-line is, like, licking their chops right now. They're just really excited for this matchup. Um, and I, another thing, Fitzmagic week one, he's had some pretty big week ones in his past. I, I could expect a big game yeah. from him, too. I'm really high on the Chargers as well. I just think this is a tough test, and it's early in the season. I think Washington will be able to, like, you know, play pretty well, pretty safe at home, and I think they can squeak out a win here. Guys, we need to talk about Derwin James coming back. I'm pumped for that because yeah, that's a, that's talk big about hundred percent. Talk about licking your chops. I think Derwin James is licking, you know, his chops for Ryan Fitzpatrick and the amount of turnovers he throws. So I think he's in for a big day, week one. Yeah, we'll see. Now let's talk about uh my Jets uh, traveling to Carolina oh God, just stop. To, to face to face the former Jet quarterback Sammy Turnover. Zach Wilson makes his uh, NFL debut. And you guys know I got to be a homer here and take the Jets. I think this is one of, if not the winnable games that they have this season, uh, to be honest with you. Um, hopefully that Jets defensive line feasts on that awful Panthers offensive line, which people don't talk about enough. It's, it's terrible. Bad. It's one of the worst in the league. And like I said, recipe for disaster is a bad offensive line and bad quarterback play. And the Jets have had that in the past, but their offensive line and quarterback are better than Carolina's right now. So that's why I'm taking them to win. Yeah, I get it. That's definitely a valid point. I think this game is closer than people think, but the Panthers are still just a better team. Like they have Christian McCaffrey. They have, you know, like playmakers that the Jets still, the Jets have upgraded, but it's still going to be their first week. A lot of young guys together. I think, you know, they're going to need a lot of time to really put things together. So I just think the Panthers come out on top here. Yeah. I mean, the Jets playmakers, I still kind of have a hard time buying into that group. I get they have Corey Davis, but outside of Corey Davis, I mean, it's still a really young and unproven group. So I think Zach Wilson could struggle in week one, especially as a rookie quarterback with not the best weapons and, you know, kind of a, I would say a below average unit offensive uh, offensive line, but it's definitely not the worst, like, you know, Carolina's is. And the Panthers defense, you know, has been on the rise the past couple of seasons when they drafted, when they went, when they spent all their draft picks on, you know, defenders in 2020. So um, I, I think Carolina has a good opportunity to week one to prove that their defense is legit. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's uh, let's talk about the toilet bowl for the week. We got the Jaguars. And the Texans. <laughs> so listen, man, I'm excited. All eyes on Trevor Lawrence, man. I have him starting his career undefeated, one and zero. I wanted oh, no. to see him play like a safe game. I don't want to see any turnovers. This is a pretty easy first matchup for him, so hopefully, all is good for him. 
yeah, I mean, sadly for Trevor Lawrence, this might be the only win he actually might get in his career as a rookie. Well, they so play far. the Texans twice. Well, they so. play the Texans twice. But I'm going with the upset. Upset pick of the week. The Texans will beat the Jaguars. I think it's a Jaguar story from 2020 where the Texans will win week one and lose the rest of the games this season. I think they will go one and 16. But I think Tyrod Taylor, he, he's looking for revenge. I think week one, he gets it. David Coley going to come out hot. And this team is really going to get people just talking about them after week one. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I, can't, I just can't pick Houston. I, the organization, the coaching staff, the players. I'm sorry. The, I'm sorry. The Jaguars organization is so good. I, I'm no, it's not. But Trevor the, the Texans are like ridiculously bad right now. The Trevor Texans Lawrence. have made the playoffs more recently than the Jags have. Yeah, but like the same thing. We saw the Jags make the playoffs, and two years later, their entire team is gone. That's the Texans here. Who who's on their it team? Is. I, I like. Oh my History god! I saw something on Twitter yesterday. Then, Can you name two players on the Texans? I mean, like, Zach Cunningham. Zach Cunningham so and uh, Dave Johnson. <laughs> there we go. I named two. Oh man! I mean, yeah, so I'm, awful. I'm taking the Jags. I want to see that Lawrence to Lavisca Chenault connection. I think that's going to be one of the most that's underrated. Such an overrated connection. Come on. I disagree. I'm excited as well. I disagree. Everyone's um, talking about it. Uh, I don't like Urban Meyer really as a head coach, and I think the Jaguars' offensive line struggled a little bit in the preseason, so I'm a little concerned about that. But obviously, Trevor Lawrence is great, so I- I'm going to take them. Uh, I'm going to give them the edge over listen, the Texans. The Jaguars offensive. Listen, the Jaguars' offensive coordinator was almost fired in the preseason. That's how bad he was in the preseason. He was almost fired. And people on Twitter and all over social media were calling for his name to be fired. Former NFL players, analysts, whatever you want to you know, uh, hear from. So that's not a good sign. I think the Jaguars are a real mess. I, I don't like what Urban Meyer is doing at all. And I think they're like a Cliff Kingsbury rookie year where like they don't even know what they're doing offensively. Like their playbook is terrible. And I think the Texans take advantage of that in, in week one. Yeah, but think about it like this. The Texans went four and 12 last year with the top five quarterback in football. Like, like okay, Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor could put some work in. Tyrod Taylor's a bottom two quarterback. So like, who's, who's worse? No way they win that many games this year. And uh, I guess if they were to win a game, it would be this one at home versus the Jags. But I, I still got to roll with the Jags here. Yeah, it's at home too. We're talking about it's in Houston. Yeah, but like Fans that's not really fired up full advantage. capacity. Full capacity. Do, do they, capacity. Just, you, think, you think you think the seats are going to be filled up? <laughs> I think they are. It's a, it's in Jaguars. it's in Texas. Texas football for the first time in two years. It's going to be rocking, dude. We'll the place see. is going to be rocking. It's going to be an easy win for the for the Texans. And I can't wait because it's such a it's such a free pick for me. I get that that one and zero off the board. Um, all right. Well, now let's actually look to uh one of the the probably the best matchup of the weekend. If we're just being honest, it's the Browns and Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by six points in this one. Um, and I'm going KC. I mean, I'm not going to doubt Pat Mahomes. And remember, in their divisional round matchup, um, last you know, last what winter? I guess we're calling it now. Last winter in 2020 mm-hmm. January, um. You know, Pat Mahomes got hurt, and the, and the Chiefs were having success until Mahomes got hurt. A little bit of a scare there, almost lost a game, but Chad Henney got it done on fourth down um, for the win. I think the same thing happens here. The Chiefs win by probably like 10 points. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking KC week one, but I'm, I'm really excited to see actually the Browns um, come out with their you know new defense and all the weapons they got. And Kansas City, the thing I'm looking after is the new offensive line and kind of how they gel together. You want to talk about a test week one going up against Miles Garrett. So, uh, That'll definitely be interesting. And I, I think Kansas City might struggle a little bit because, you know, the offensive line needs to gel and get that kind of continuity. And, you know, the Browns defense is going to be flying this year. It's going to be one of the best uh, defenses in football in my eyes. And I, I think it'll be a really close game, actually. I could, I could see this coming down to the wire. But ultimately, I'm giving the edge to the best quarterback in football and Kansas City. I completely agree. I think this is going to be a close game. And I've talked a lot about the Chiefs offensive line, how that worries me. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's hard to pick against Pat Mahomes in the regular season. What, what did he go, like 12-1 and one as the starter last year, like 13-1? and one? Like, they didn't really lose very many games. They, they haven't lost very many games with him as a starter over the past few seasons. So, yeah, there's no reason to think that changes here. Yeah, and, you know, you talked about the, the Browns' new defense. I mean, I think they're going to have a tough test. Like, talk about a tough test week one. You get the very Chiefs tough. who, I mean, have been the best offense in football maybe the best offense of all time over the past couple of seasons. I think that the Chiefs really um, – I think they steamroll the, the Browns week one. I, I think the Browns are good. Like I think the Browns, next time they play them, will have a better shot. But I think week one's like an eye-opener and a punch, punch in the mouth. We'll see. Yeah, it, it, it sucks that this is the team they have to play week one because I want to see the Browns do well, and this just isn't – this is not the type of team you want to see week one. But it's all right. It is, get it out of the way one week. 
get it out of the way and then you're yeah, on to the next I one. I guess, but wouldn't you also rather see them later in the season when you're more gelled and then like maybe you can legitimately okay. beat them? I don't know. It's not that they can't legitimately beat them now. I just think it's a really tough week one matchup. But there's less pressure when you lose. Like if they play in the playoffs again and they lost a regular season matchup, there's way less pressure to win in the, in the playoffs. Like if you beat them in the mm-hmm. regular season and then you lose in the playoffs, it's like, damn, well, we're, come on, man. Like we lost, we lost the, the, the meaningful game and we, you know, we won the pointless game. Like this is a meaningless mm-hmm. game in the long-term view for both these teams. We know they'll be in the playoffs this year. Let's talk about two teams that I think are on the contention of the playoffs. So a divisional matchup in the AFC East, the Dolphins are headed up to Foxborough to take on Mac Jones and the Patriots. Um, I'm taking the Pats, but I think this is going to be a really close game. But ultimately, um, New England at home, I think they're, they're, you know, they'll be fired up. And Miami's a team that I love picking at home because of the weather down there. But since the Pats are home this week, give me, uh, give me them. And I, I really like what they did this offseason. Happy that they rolled with Mac to, to start a quarterback, to added some weapons around him. And, uh, you know, I think the defense will be back clicking with Matthew Judon now, Hightower coming back off the COVID list, uh, the opt-out list. And. Uh, I think the Pats are, like I said, I talked about this a lot. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people this year, and this is going to be a really good team. Yeah, we'll see what Bill Belichick's got cooking up there. I'm sure he's got a a, a nice game plan going on. So I'm definitely picking the Patriots as well. Um, still not sold on Tua. I need to see something from him before I can be confident in the Dolphins. Um, but I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I think a lot of defense is going to be in effect this game. So at the end of the day, I think the Patriots come out on top. I think Bill Belichick's got something cooking. Yeah, I mean – the amount of people who attacked us in the Instagram comment section for picking the, the Patriots over the Dolphins like blew my mind. This game's in Foxborough. It's not in Miami. Like you would think they they thought this is in Miami. This is in New England. Um, Mac Jones, I think you know, is in the perfect situation to succeed right now with a great offensive line, a good running back in Damian Harris, the best coaching staff of all time, and you know, sure the receivers aren't the best, but you have two tight ends at Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith who are phenomenal. So Mac Jones is in a good position to succeed. Um, I mean, he seems to have a good grasp of the playbook already with all the things you've been hearing about how he was teaching Cam Newton the plays. So he seems like he's really familiar with the playbook. And actually his girlfriend like practices the plays in their backyard. They walk through the plays together, which is actually awesome. So I'm expecting Mac Jones to have a big, you know, week one start. The guy who I think will have the first win because I had the Texans and the, the Panthers winning. So this is my first rookie quarterback to get a win. Um, this week that'd be crazy because he was a lot of people thought he'd be the last one to even start so for him to pick up a win first that'd be pretty crazy yeah I mean it's in the one of the more meaningless stat conversations ever because mm-hmm. I, I probably like Mitch Trubisky may have got the first win week we don't know I mean who knows it doesn't matter but <laughs> yeah. yeah all right let's move on we got the uh, Packers and Saints um, I think this is one of the four o'clock games this is happening in Jacksonville I believe and yep. I got the Packers winning Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams is all I need. Um, but obviously talking about the Saints, very different looking team from last year. No Michael Thomas week one. Obviously, we got Jameis Winston starting. So just a lot of a lot of new parts, even on defense, too. Um, they got Bradley Roby, but he's suspended for this week. So we won't see him. Just a very different team. A lot of parts come together. I expect them to be worse than last year, whereas I see the Packers being just as dominant as they were last year. So I think this is a win for the Packers. Yeah, I got the Packers in this one, too. Um, the Saints, you know, they're, they're solid, but also this is an adjustment, you know, coming to Jacksonville instead of playing in the Superdome, um, which is now called the Caesar Superdome, I believe. So it's a little different, you know, a little branding, uh, different in branding. But, you know, the Saints without Michael Thomas and, and the Packers, you know, just being fully loaded with, you know, A-Rod back, Devontae Adams, I, I think Green Bay is a pretty obvious pick here. Yeah, I'm taking the pack uh... I think they're going to kind of pick up right where they left off last year. Unfortunately, Bakhtiari is going to miss some time this year, but Elgin Jenkins will will hold that uh, down at left tackle for now, and he's one of the most underrated linemen in the league. Um, and, you know, I think Rodgers and Adams are just going to absolutely dominate this year. Again, like last season before they, you know, leave Green Bay, possibly both of them or, or one of them. So the last dance will be special, and I think they're going to come off uh, clicking. And the Saints were going to be a team that takes a little bit of time to gel all the new pieces and faces they have there. So Green Bay is going to come out and just, I think, steamroll them pretty much. What are we thinking for the um, the Packers this year? Are we think an NFC Championship appearance again, or, or what are we thinking? I, I, think I think they could go certain... to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they're same. a top I think three team in the NFC, so it's fair to say that they can appear in the NFC Championship game. Or the Super Bowl, I think. I think they can really it's, go it's, all it's the way. It's possible, for sure. 
Yeah, it's like a meme now. And the people who make the jokes about like them losing in the NFC Championship game, like that was funny a couple months ago, but it's not funny anymore. Like, we get it. Like it's been like the most overused joke in sports. But um, now let's talk about the Broncos and Giants um, being graphs, New York Giants. And we got called out in the Instagram comment section for being biased Giants fans. Yes, we the did. The amount of comments that said biased Giants fans, you guys are delusional Giants fans. Okay, we get it. We have the Giants winning versus the Denver Broncos. And I was so tempted to post on my story, on the story, oh, the Broncos are the most overrated team in football because the fact that we are at home versus Teddy Two Gloves and the Denver Broncos, and somehow it's like, it's like you were like, you know, killed for picking the Giants at home versus an average Broncos team. Yeah, you would think <laughs> we're playing the Chiefs or the, you know, the Browns or the Bucks. We're playing the Broncos at home. This is a winnable game. And I think we actually have, you know, the edge in this one over Denver. So give me the Giants also, in this one. I, I read Bradley Chubb might not play. That would be a big deal. He's coming off the uh, injury, right? He's coming off the ACL. Or was that last? No, no that was he's, last. He just has an ankle season. injury right now, though. You know, he played last season. Never mind. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm taking the Giants, too. I'm not even a Giants fan. But um, at home is going to be an advantage. MetLife's going to be packed. Um, we even saw during the preseason game when we were there and some of the events this offseason, how fired up the fans were. And I think that's big for the Giants. And Saquon's going to be back. I think that's another huge thing. And listen, Denver's not that great. They're, they, they are an overrated team. The defense is solid, sure. But that offense is going to be one of the worst in the NFL. I get they have playmakers and a decent offensive line. But at the end of the day, it's kind of overrated. This is going to be, a, a, I think, a low-scoring game, a defensive battle. But uh, I'm giving the edge to the home team here in the Giants. I don't yeah, know if it's going to be a low-scoring game or more of just a sloppy offense. Like not not a defensive battle, more just a lot of offensive yeah. mistakes is more what I expect. Um, but yeah, the Giants, I, I think they're expecting Tony to play a big role this week as well as Galladay. So like they're looking pretty healthy outside of Evan Ingram. But uh, yeah, I don't think it's that ridiculous. Just... And look, all the Denver fans who are listening to this podcast, I think you, you guys are the better team. But the reason why I'm picking the Giants week one at least is because we're at home and I do think Teddy two gloves. I really do think that, especially like week one, I don't think he's going to play the best versus a tough defense. I, I don't think the Broncos will score enough to even, you know, really. I mean, I guess the Giants won't score a lot either, but I think the home, simply the home, just put it real simple. I think the home team gets to win here. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I don't I like, I don't, they're both pretty evenly matched, both pretty similarly constructed teams. A lot of playmakers, but you know, like the quarterbacks, the big question mark, and then both pretty solid defenses. Um, so I think they're pretty even in that regard. I don't know why people act like the Broncos are so much better. Um, and then yeah, the Giants are at home. So we'll see. It'll be a close game. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, now let's talk about another game. Uh, the Sunday night football matchup between the bears and the Rams Andy Dalton will be starting for Chicago. So, uh, Interesting, but Matt Ryan's debut. Oh no, Matthew Stafford's debut for the Rams. I'm sorry. Um, and you know what? I think the Rams are just going to be dominant this year. I like what they did. I, I get they lost Brandon Staley, but they added Raheem Morris as the defensive coordinator. Love that move. Um, obviously, when you have two of the best defensive players in football, your defense is going to be one of the best every year. Um, and I just, I just think you know the Rams' offense with Stafford now, it's going to make McVay just click and they're going to be able to do so many different things with the arm talent that he has and the underrated receivers they have with cup and woods. So I could see a pretty big Rams victory in week one, to be honest with you. I think they're going to come off, uh, come off starting out hot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. I love the Rams this year. And also I've seen some bears fans on Twitter since I I follow a lot of bulls fans on Twitter. So I get like just a lot of Chicago stuff on my timeline. Um, A lot of bears fans are kind of expecting Justin Fields to make an appearance in this game one way or another. Um, I don't know if they're going to have some sort of like, like sets for him almost like we saw with Jalen Hurts last year I agree thumbs down I hate that but you know I, I mean we need to see Justin Fields sooner rather than later because this Andy Dalton stuff is just it's just atrocious it's just a nightmare well I don't want to see any Justin Fields sets I want to see him starting I completely agree one. and the fact that like the whole notion that we should be protecting him from Aaron Donald is ridiculous the Bears, why would they protect Justin Fields from Aaron Donald? Because you're going to have to play guys like that every week. Like, what happens with the Steelers with TJ Watt or the, the Browns with Miles Garrett? Like, you're going to have to play these guys eventually. Just let them go. Like, you shouldn't be protecting your like, the guy who think the guy you think is going to be your franchise quarterback for the next 20 years from just one defender. Sure, he's the best in football, probably the, one of the best we've ever seen. But you still unleash him. You don't protect him from a guy like that. 
Yeah, that, that narrative is just so stupid. You got to throw him into the fire. He's going to have to play against good defenses every week. Oh, what well, we're going to make sure he doesn't get hit the first week behind that bad offensive line. And I'm He's sorry, one of the every week, one of the worst, coaches, every week, yeah, one of the worst coaches in football who I don't even know how still still he has a job, Matt Nagy. Uh, that's why I'm. I, I just think the Bears will be one of the most overrated teams this year. I, I really don't like them at all. I, I don't. And I think Justin Fields is going to struggle a little bit because of the situation that he's in. Yeah, I agree. I think they're going to be awful this year. All right. Monday night football game. We got the Ravens and the Raiders. Um, I think the Ravens win this one pretty easily. The Raiders went had one of the worst off seasons in football, I would say. Um, I think that's controversial. I've seen some people think the Raiders improve this offseason. Obviously, as you said before, some people think they're better than the Broncos, but or and the Chargers as well. But I think that um, I don't think the Raiders are very good. And the Ravens, they're like the most consistent team in football. You know, they're going to be a good team this year. They're a good team every year. They're going to be good defensively. Harbaugh makes sure of that. They're going to have a good run game. Obviously, we're going to get to in a little bit. They're like they're shaking up the running back room a little bit, but they're, you know, they're just going to have a consistent attack on offense, a solid defense. There's no reason to believe that they can't just beat the Raiders. Oh, no, they'll take care of the Raiders um, this week for sure. I, I think this is a pretty clear cut pick. It's going to be exciting to see Allegiant Stadium, though, filled up for the first time. Yeah, that true. nightclub bar. And I actually want to talk about how when a player scores a touchdown, I wonder how it's going to be because the bar is right behind the, the end zone. So we could see some you guys running into, you know, some A-list celebrities with, you know, expensive alcohol in their hands. So it could get <laughs> messy. I mean, because it's, it's right there. I'm just I just excited to see the Ravens really. I, I know they had all these injuries and stuff, but this like offense still against this really young Raiders defense is gonna have a field day, I think, week one. I think the Ravens could come out hot. I think they're gonna steamroll the Raiders, to be honest with you guys. I think this will be a pretty uninteresting uh, Monday night football game, kind of one where you can fall asleep on the couch and wake up and you already know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. All aboard yeah, I mean, the it's... dust bus. That's all I have to say about this game. It's going to be a, the Gus Bus show all night. It's cool not to see the two games go on Monday Night Football uh, this year. I like it with only one because I never stay up for the 10-15 game it anyway. It starts at 10 o'clock, yeah. And it's always like cool. the worst matchup. It's like Broncos-Raiders. Like nobody cares about Broncos-Raiders. Like, Dude, the Raiders I mean, do play really like every too. Monday night. You know, they yeah. love – because they always put the, them on the 10 o'clock one at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I mean, they got the 8 o'clock one this year, which is probably worse for our, you know, eye, our, our eyes. But um, let's move let's move on to um some more NFL topics um other than our game picks. Let's talk about Le'Veon Bell signing with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and obviously they're signing him because J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hill, um, both running backs in the Ravens' backfield went down with injuries in the preseason. So now you know they're thin. They only have Gus Edwards to Gus Bus, um, as their you know real workhorse back. So they're bringing in Le'Veon Bell to you know, kind of not split the carries, but you know, to take some pressure off of Gus um, in the backfield. And I, I love this pick, I love this pickup. I know a lot of Ravens fans wanted Latavius Murray instead of him because he was just released by the Saints because they couldn't work out, you know, a contract because Latavius Murray wanted more money. The Saints weren't willing to, you know, give him that money. So they just ended up, you know, moving on from him. But um, I think Le'Veon Bell is still a fantastic signing. Obviously, last year he was horrible with the Chiefs. And he really pissed me off as a Clyde Edwards Alaire fantasy owner, where he would just he would just steal his his touches. But you know, Le'Veon Bell was still a guy a couple of years ago who was, you know, that dude for the running back. So you have to hope that he can do a little more than he did last season because of Lamar Jackson. And maybe Lamar can, you know, take some of the pressure off him because running backs behind Lamar do much better. Like you saw Mark Ingram have a career season behind Lamar Jackson. You saw Gus Edwards have dominant like yards per carry seasons. You see J.K. Dobbins last year. So it's easier to be a running back behind Lamar Jackson. So I, I think he could have some success. I, I don't, to be honest with you. Um, I, I don't even really think he's going to play much. I think he's washed up. I think, you know, 2016, 2017, those kind of years with Le'Veon and Todd Gurley, those kind of guys, you know, they're done. We've seen running backs, what happens when, you know, they, they hit ages and they get overused and they fall off a cliff. Le'Veon Bell sat out that year. Football was greedy and played behind the Jets. How many touches? How many touches? How many touches is he gonna have to have though? Not that many. So he five won't to be seven. That, but I'm not. He'll be fresh though. Those are fresh touches. He's not gonna. Yeah, but he's not gonna have an impact. His on production will ramp up throughout the season, but week one, I don't think he'll get many touches at all. You guys are even, underestimating running behind Lamar Jackson. I, I think that really changes a lot of things here. 
No, and they have a good offensive line too, but Le'Veon Bell is just not the Dude, same. Gus player Bus, 30 touches, man. 30 touches, 150 yards for the Gus Bus. Gus Bus is so overrated in fantasy. He's not a fourth-round pick. He, they're going to split the carries. The Ravens don't do, you know, one With back. Who? It's running back by committee. With they're not gonna, you know, their other guy in Bell. Le'Veon Bell's going to get some carries whether you like it or not. I think like three or four. I, yeah. I think like five, it, six, seven. Listen, Le'Veon Bell hasn't been good since 2017. He was 25. He's almost 30 years old now. Like, he's done. He's toast. There's a reason he, he was on the Chiefs and then he didn't really play. Like, the Jets got, got rid of him right away. Like, nobody wants him anymore. He's just not good anymore. Um, I mean, like, sure, you could just pick up random guys and give them carries, but that doesn't, like, make them productive. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think – I'm not expecting anything from him. I'm sure they'll bring up other guys from the practice squad or bring in other free agents because I doubt they're going to stick with Le'Veon Bell the whole season. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. I mean, they did sign him to the practice squad, so yeah, I the whole, a whole be on the roster for week one because they legitimately don't have another running back. I think they have like that guy Taysom Williams who is scheduled yeah. to be the backup right now, but still, either way, I, I think it's going to be a lot more Lamar and just Gus, but we'll see. All right, let's talk mm-hmm. about now uh, the NFL's least liked teams. They did a study uh, from the Action Network conducted from July 2020 to July 2021 to see which teams had the on the internet have the highest percentage of negative connotation when talked about. And to no surprise, based on just seeing TikTok and stuff, the Raiders are number one. I mean, you want to talk about fans that just nonstop say their team is so good and yada, yada, yada. Same thing with the Bears. They're number two. Denver then is number three, the Texans. I don't even know they had fans. Um, And then five, we have Dallas Cowboys, which is also not surprising. So, guys, what do you think about this? I mean, to be honest with you, looking at this, it looks pretty accurate to me for at least three of the teams. So, okay, yeah, I think um, I think it's I was a little confused why the Eagles aren't here, but it says across the Internet. And that's fair. Um, The I mean, the Eagles are the worst in real life by far. And anybody that hasn't hasn't met an Eagles fan. (laughs) Um, So good for you if you've never met an Eagles fan. But um, the Cowboys are really annoying. The Steelers not being on this list is the big one for me. They are just the worst. When they were 11 and 0 last year, oh my God, they were just. They thought they thought they were better than Kansas City last year. They really they did. They thought they were better than everybody. Um, the Bears are they really that annoying? I don't think so. The Texans don't even have fans, but the Raiders and Cowboys, I'll give you. No, but this is negative connotation, so I'm assuming it's non-fans to talking about the team. So, I think the Texans really have a negative connotation because of the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Okay. And I think people really just hate them for that. But why do the Broncos and Bears? I, I don't I don't I don't really My guess that. for the Bears is the Andy Dalton signing. I, I that's like the only thing that can come to mind. It doesn't make much sense. Mm-hmm. And then and the, like Broncos, the Broncos it could be because of the because they were rumored to get Aaron Rodgers last year in I don't know that makes no sense to Broncos. It's kind of odd. It's strange that one. But the others make sense. I, I I'm still shocked the Steelers aren't on this list. They're just always in some sort of controversy. Somebody, yeah, you know, everybody like, hates the Steelers too. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they're not on here. But uh, they should maybe, definitely be higher. Um, I want to see this next year. I want to see how this progresses year from year to year. But how are the honestly, Cowboys hated last year? Like they were they were hurt last year. Like Dak was not. Okay, yeah, but they're always going to be up there. That shows you even more that the Cowboys will move up this year because if they're healthy and they're a decent oh they're team, yeah they're going up. Mm-hmm. Their fans will be like Super Bowl, Super Bowl. It's not that though, Frank. Negative connotation just means other fans. This is this has nothing to do with like the fans of these teams. I know, it means but when that, like fans, other fans are yes. hating on those teams. Oh, yeah, okay, and but, people will hate on the Cowboys the better they get. But when a, when yeah. a team when Cowboys fans then start saying, "Oh, we're going to make the Super Bowl, we're going to be incredible this year," other fans are going to say negative stuff about. Yeah, but them. that's such a myth, though. I doubt Cowboys fans actually talk like that in real life. They're not like, "Oh, we're going to win the Super Bowl." Like, well, that's like, not a lot. They, of them, but... they just make it seem like that, but that's not actually like, the real truth of you know, how they talk and stuff. Like, oh, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Like, they don't say that. If They're they probably more games. chill. They're probably more chill than you think, though. If they win I guarantee games. if you met some. Well, they're better than Eagles fans. I know that much. That's a Coming from a Giants fan, I've met plenty. Eagles fans are the worst. They're other By brutal. far the worst. Oh. Yeah. All right, let's talk about TJ Watt a little bit here. He's been having a hold in this offseason. Um, he's shown up to camp, but he hasn't participated in team activities. He's seeking a new contract, but obviously the season is starting very soon and no agreement has been reached. Um, Big Ben took a pay cut this offseason with the assumption that they would, you know, throw as much money as possible at TJ Watt to keep him locked up long term. That hasn't happened yet. So 
you know, what's going on here? Will they be able to reach an agreement with TJ Watt at some point? Because usually when these type of deals are done, they're done like right now. Like they're done I also right want, to, want to add something. The Steelers don't do contract negotiations during the middle of the season when the season mm-hmm. starts. So if he so doesn't they don't sign get before TJ Watt, they're screwed. If he doesn't sign before Sunday, then he will be a free agent at the end of this year. They will get it done. They, they will get a fifth year option on him still, or is this his fifth year now? I think they said at 2022 he'd be a free agent. Oh, but you're the Steelers, right. This the Steelers is, this don't. Is a, is they don't year. do negotiations in the middle when the season starts. So if, if it doesn't get done, then that's but it. Will he play this year if he doesn't get a contract? Because yes. I'm under the assumption he won't play if he's holding in, not participating in any, any activities. It seems like he's not going to play this season if he doesn't get well, a contract. He doesn't play. They're screwed. He's their best player. No, he's, he's, he's been participating in anything. He'll play, and honestly, they might make an exception to the rule for a guy like T.J. Watt. Like he's. But Mike Tomlin is optimistic that Steelers TJ Watt will reach a contract extension before week one matchup versus Bills. That's what Mike Tomlin said. Well, they they better hurry up then. Week one's in like two days. (laughs) Dude, they're going to get it done. They're going to get it done on like Saturday. They'll get it done and he'll play. I guarantee you. We'll see. Um, They're not not that stupid. By the way, how interesting would that be if TJ Watt was a free agent? That would probably be one of the biggest free agent contracts in history right there. Yeah, that would change a lot. That would be like six years, 150 million or something like that. Who would get him though? Because like, the Giants like wouldn't. I know as a Jets? Giants fan, like we wouldn't get well, the Giants would be in the rumors. Oh my god! Maybe the Jets, but you know the Giants would be like in the rumors. Nah, the, the Chiefs are gonna get him though, because they'll, they'll create some cap. <laughs> their their cap, uh, their GM's a genius with the, with the cap. So he is a cap wizard. Good. Same with the Bucks, kind of. But the Bucks need to resign their own guys. They don't need to bring anyone else. Well, in. the Bucks can do whatever they want because their quarterback doesn't make any money. Yeah, but they have a ton of free agents this offseason because they sign a lot of guys to one year deals. Like AEB's on a one year deal, Godwin's on a one year deal. Like they have to resign those guys again. It's gonna mm-hmm. be tough. This and JPP's a free agent this year. Well, they're not gonna be able to. I think we talked about this last episode. They're not gonna be able to. Um, yeah. so it's gonna be interesting. They'll be good though. I mean, it's a box as long as Brady's yeah. as long as Brady's mm-hmm. there, they're, they're winning 12 games. All mm-hmm. right, that's gonna be it. Um, for the Sneaky Sports Podcast season three. Episode number 70 or 68. Wow, that was that was really off. Episode number 68 on this Friday, September 10th, 2021. And I just want to say real quick, if anyone um is is you know listening to this who is impacted by September 11th, uh, we want to you know shout um you know pay our respects um to you, you know, because obviously over the weekend it will be September 11th. So we just want to do that real quick. Um, I, I know you know it was always obviously, you know, we're New Jersey from New Jersey, so um, it really hits home this event, um, for sure. So, uh, another news, you know, make sure to rate and review the podcast down below. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and if you're watching on YouTube, hit that red subscribe button. It really does help out a lot. And also drop a like on this video. Do it for your boys. Um, and yeah, follow our socials, our Instagram, our TikTok, our Twitter. Um, and you know, if you ever, ever want to contact us, also. Um, we have an email, sneaky sports podcast at gmail.com. If you want to contact us with fantasy questions, because I, I've seen a lot of people have been doing that. So um, just putting that out there. Um, you can also yeah, tweet it. us at Twitter. That's an easy way to reach yep. us if you want to ask fantasy It's a much questions. easier way. Yep. Mm-hmm. Twitter is definitely the easier way for sure. So, yeah, I mean, that's going to be it from us. And we'll see you guys next Monday uh, or Tuesday, rather, because I'm so used to the Monday. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. Peace, everyone.